is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's a special Friday evening edition. My guest will be Kent Stedman from cyberspaceorbit.com. We'll be talking about Comet P3, Schwassmann Vachmann, things exciting over our heads. Stick around. It. That is ISM. The song is called Beside the Sun. And this is Mike Hagen. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's Friday night, a special Friday evening edition. Coming to you live from KOPN Columbia in Columbia, Missouri. 89.5 FM. And uh, it's, a, uh, it's an occasion, actually. This is the first time we've done a live webcast like this. We've actually been broadcasting live on the web for the last two Mondays as we've done the regular Monday night program from KOPN, from the live studio at KOPN. Tonight, I'm actually in a sort of uh, little makeshift studio that I built in the corner of uh, the station with the permission of uh, the management here that's allowing me to do the webcast tonight uh, but not be live on the air uh, on the radio station, on the FM side. There's actually another uh, uh, another show that's being broadcast on the FM side, of course, and I'm just broadcasting from uh, from this little corner of the station uh, on the web to you guys. So it's a first, and uh, I'm very excited to do it. It's totally cool. Uh, the guys at Cosmic Waves Radio have been a tremendous amount of help. We've got Kent Stedman uh, on the line, who's going to be with us in just a minute, and... Uh, Actually, I think we'll bring Kent on just right away because I'm so excited about it and I want to talk to him about the whole thing. But then we'll give out website addresses and some sort of, <clears throat> we'll give away or give out pertinent information about how you can participate in the program tonight, which is going to be going on for the next couple hours uh, at least. And we'll see what sort of participation we get. But at any rate, um, my good friend, Kent Stedman, those of you who are familiar with the program, you know who Kent is. And uh, those of you who are not familiar with the program, get familiar with Kent Stedman. And the way to do that is at www.cyberspaceorbit.com. We'll bring Kent right on now and uh, say hello. Bardo, how are you? Hello, hello, everybody. Here we go again. Dude, we did it. We are live streaming. Hello, howdy. Arg, shiver me timbers. I um, feel like I'm on a cosmic schooner here. <laughs> we are. We're on the cosmic, sco- cosmic waves schooner radio or something like that. So, anyway... Uh, Totally cool, and, you know, it's always down to the wire. I've been on the phone with Carrie for the last uh, hour and a half. I just had about a half-hour break since we got things worked out, but uh, but getting the technology uh, together on my side is always a, a little bit of a challenge, but I'm glad we pulled it off. The website was down all day. I don't know if it was getting hacked or what was going on, but appears to be working now, and uh, we've got the chat room up, Kent. So, anyway, how are you, buddy? Fine, fine. I've had 
similar uh, difficulties. They've been shooting broadsides at me. I watched my uh, hard drive mount in front of me about a, four days ago. Oh, man. I it was I... hacked, and I watched it happen. I just fried it. Ha! I fooled them, though. I had a backup. Really? Which is unusual for the likes of me. Good for you. Wendy must be rubbing into you or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Wendy, my wife. <laughs> <clears throat> my sultry wife. She got... You got it all back together again. Wendy's really good with the uh, mechanical aspects of computers. We, oh, got, yeah, she's we have computer parts strewn all over this house, piled to the ceiling. <laughs> and she got me back on. All right, well, good to hear. And uh, we're we're doing it now. I've got my little test uh, computer behind me that tells me that the stream is going through loud and clear. So I think we got everything going. And, um, okay, let's uh, talk about websites real fast. As I said... Kent can be located at cyberspaceorbit.com, and uh, if you want to just go to my site to jump over to his, that's always really easy, at mikehagan.com. And then, um, well, if you're listening right now, you already know that Cosmic Waves Radio is the place to get the live stream. We're on Channel 2 right now, and uh, there's a direct link there from my site, and there's also a link there from Kent's site. So um, that's the uh, that's the deal. Now, what we're probably going to do, Bardo, I think we agreed that that a great um, sort of strategy for tonight is just to start at your website because uh, for the first time we can actually do this uh, with the listeners and and uh, we know that they're listening online, so that means they have access to the web, which means they can have the page open uh, at the same time that we do. So I think it's a great way to sort of uh, um, just get into the thing. Yeah, I try to make things uh, visible. I'm an artist uh, by experience and the uh, uh, even though even my son laughs at my website design because it's a bit dino. But at least I'm trying to put the pictures up there so you can see what's going on, what I'm seeing. And I'm telling you, it's shivering me, timbers, <laughs> raising my hackles. And my artistic nature is is uh, prickling my skin because what I see is just totally incredible. It's unprecedented. It's unprecedented. We have, we have near us Near our orbit around the sun, we have uh, a an, an huge comet, you know. Metaphorically, I equate it to, to Quetzalcoatl, you know, hmm. or, or the Archangel Michael, you right, know. And right. Comets have been called such things. Oh, yeah, the mythology. Through ancient yeah. time, and it's, it's dying. Hmm. It's a huge seraphim in space that's dying, you know. And uh, I, I see those types of things. I can't resist the metaphor, you know. When in, in my attempt to think out of the box, I gotta go use both sides of my brain. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, even the analytical, you know, you begin to tap into some pretty strange stuff. Stuff from NASA is strange stuff. The comet is strange stuff. It's a, a string of pearls comet that is breaking up right near our orbital path. All right, now let's let's identify it for everybody first. It's uh, it's actually um, categorized as 73P Schwassmann Wachmann, right? And right. and and it and it used to be one piece, and now it's a whole bunch of pieces. Right, and it's really near us, within a few million miles. It sounds like a lot of miles, but it's not. You know, it's just imagine it's a, it's it's a, it's. It's touching us almost. In fact, it might be touching us. Yeah, I mean, that's a cosmic distance, a million, you know, whatever. Even in anything under a billion miles, I mean, is is a very short order of distance, really. 
And what I see is happening is that these various pieces, which number above 60 right now, that have broken off from the main comet, uh, we're going through a Passover right now. They're passing us. I think Passover, you know, in the metaphorical mm. sense. They're yeah. passing us yeah. right now. And as the week wears on and, and, and the month wears on toward the later month, it, it appears to me like the uh, chunks of this, this blasted comet are getting closer and closer to the Earth's orbital uh, trajectory. Huh. In as much, uh, I don't, like some, we'll talk about that in a minute, I don't expect any, myself, any particle collisions. But I think we're getting righteously dusted, man. And I mm. think especially mm. when we get toward the end of the week, uh, as comet uh, particle S, which now has appeared mysteriously off, gone off the NEO website. And what's what's that? This is one particular fragment or something. Yeah, or? But, and uh, but when it it crosses right, crosses right in front of the Earth, right in front of the Earth, and in front of it, it's like driving down the street, and and you're going down a road, and down that road is a twister, man. <laughs> it's on the road. There it is. Wow. And you're looking at a tornado, and if you keep going that way, you're going to pass through the debris club. Hmm. And I think that some of these part, these fragments will are dusting us. Well, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. This idea of uh, there will be dusting us, and yeah. we'll be plowing through it. Right, we're going to go right through the tails of all these things. I think so. Some of them. Well, we I don't mean, know what they are. NASA doesn't know what to expect either. I don't think, even though they say. Back off, all you woo-woos out there. You know, nothing's going to happen. No, how could they? I mean, they, they, they don't know any more than we know. They send us all this weird arcane symbolism that comes from the old days in JPL with Jack Parsons and the Corallian bunch and all that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, the... the um the interesting, uh, well, I think the first thing we should do is just give some background. L- l- let's talk a little bit about the comet and... uh I mean, it was just a regular old comet, and it was actually one that that, that had some notoriety. People uh, in the uh, astronomical field of interest were looking forward to seeing this thing because it was supposed to be a pretty uh, a pretty fantastic event anyway. But then it began to break up, and and now there's no press on it whatsoever. But but Ken, if you could uh, just set us up a little bit and and tell us what you know about the sort of the background of that comet. Well, uh, let's just look at stuff, okay? Come with me over to cyberspaceorbit.com, and let's do what I do, because this is what I do. You know, I fetch materials, I fetch information, and then I dump it on the website for everybody to see. And uh, what I want you to do is go to my website and take a quick look at the top parts and pieces here. But before you go back up there, go down a little bit, look at all that weird stuff as you Scroll down, more weird stuff. Keep going down, keep going down until you see Hubble. And you see a big uh, four-inch across picture of fragment B as it's calving and throwing off, disintegrating. All right, I got it. Falling apart. Now go click on the movie. This is what I do. Click on the movie and watch the movie. It is absolutely incredible. If you're not on the website, what you're seeing is like a, a wedding veil comet with oh my gosh. with hundreds of particles streaming out behind it. The comet is dying. <laughs> and you look at the movie and you watch them uh, stream out behind it. 
hundreds of particles visible and, and, and who knows, billions of dust grains and, 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 and then we get into the gas and the plasma and so on. Right, and I mean, we, we know, uh, historically, you know, we talk about tales of comets and stuff that just stretch out millions, sometimes hundreds of millions of miles. And so, uh, you know, you really can't draw a line, you know, can't, and say, well, the, the debris field or whatever, you know, stops here. It's just sort of, uh, I mean, the general vicinity, it's, it's like smoke in the air almost. It just sort of permeates the whole general area, and we are definitely in the area. Not only that, the comet, uh, uh, fragment B, there are two main fragments. There's fragment C and fragment B. Interestingly enough, fragment C uh, is not breaking up, but fragment B is. Hmm. And if you scroll back up my website now, you'll see a, a, a an image, a JPEG image. It says 73P Schwarzman, Watchman 3 Fragment B, and you'll see what's happening to it since May 5th. Right. It shows um, uh, if there, there's three stars in the field there, and the comet's sort of passing through the middle. And on May 5th, it is pretty spectacular, actually. May 8th, it's at least three or four times as bright. And on May 9th, a day later, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it blocks out all of the stars in the general vicinity. I mean, it is really uh, blown up in the last, just the last, uh, well, what's happening now, Ken? That's May 9th. What are we at now? Today well, is the 12th. Well, I can't get any uh, uh, images right now, so I can't look at them. But I assume huh. that it's still in outburst, because uh, I haven't heard to the contrary. Or broken up But more. what happened in between overnight on May 8th and May 9th, the comet went into outburst, and, it ex- uh, uh, and its presence expanded threefold. What does that mean? It means the tail is <laughs> just... Uh, uh, also increase like, like you, you know, hold your arms out in front of you and then widen them <laughs> right. in front of you, and then you'll understand the, the depth and breadth of the, of the tail is expanded, and then it means it's uh, it's uh, fracturing more and more and more. There are more particles going off hmm. of all sizes. Yeah, I mean, and that's the Some thing. Some sizes I mean, are like a hundred meters across. Some are tiny, right. tiny. And there's no right way of really knowing. I mean, they're tracking, what would you say, 60 or 40? What was it, 60, I think you said? Yeah, the NEO people, the team, is just going crazy. You right, know? but I mean, there could be, they're tracking 60, but there could be 600. I mean, what the, what the heck? We, nobody it depends really, what you consider a fragment. Right, I mean, nobody really knows what's going on, and I'm sure there could be some that have, uh, the, I mean, there could be some that they don't know about. I mean, I, I don't know. Of the comet, you know, what kind of fragments will... will uh, Interact with could possibly interact with the Earth, uh, you know, in a, in a marvelous way. Hmm. And I say marvelous, you know, because you get all these reports, and I'm, I'm fielding all these reports. You got you got NASA saying, "Ah, oh, just kill off, nothing's going to happen." But look at these weird numbers here. And uh, then you got uh, uh, Eric Julian, who's a hmm. Who's out there? He's a. Uh, oh, let me get this straight. I got to scroll up on my own. And he's the, he's, the, he's the guy that was the was the uh, was the air traffic controller in France. Yeah, he's a former military air traffic yeah. controller. Claims comet collision with Earth, and that what he's talking about is this. If you scroll up just a little bit, the seventy-three P Swashman Watchman three S. That's his 
That's his baby. Now, I've, <laughs> I've been trying to track all this information, and I'm probably way behind what's going on because Eric Julian has recently published additional information, and my good friend D. Great Dreams has right, been... Who's in, done great work over all these years. Yeah, she's in direct contact with, with Eric Julian. So if you want to see what's going on in the latest with Eric Julian, then, then go over there. Over to, over to Great Dreams. Okay. Go over the, to Great Dreams. Hit that button. You see it? Great Dreams. Dreams. This is what we do. Come. All right, I'm going to do that. Yeah, this is what Kent and I do, and we've been doing this for years, so now we'll do it live on the radio. All right, I just went over there, Kent. Now, um... <clears throat> I'm not Let, over there. Let's. I want. I want to talk about uh, um, about websites again, really fast, because I do want. I, I'd like to get feedback from people who are listening, and uh, to find out what's going on with the stream and how it sounds, and uh, if it's breaking up or whatever. And it would really be helpful for me on this end to find out uh, what people are experiencing on the other end so I can uh, learn more about the technology. So if you want to do that, I'd appreciate it. And if you go over to my website at MikeHagan.com, uh, just page down a little ways, you'll see that uh, there's a, a thing that says uh, join us in the chat room or live chat. It's just in the left-hand column over there. It can't, uh, can't be missed as long as you can read reasonably well. So do that, read that, click on the chat room, and then just go over there and tell, tell us what you think. And you can also uh, post any questions you might have for Kent uh, or me, and we'll try to address that stuff as we go on uh, through the show tonight. And Kent, for you as well, you might hop on there and uh, when we take a break, maybe. And uh, and you can join uh, whoever's over there to chat. Right now it's me and uh, just one other guy, so there's plenty of room for people to join us and uh, to post uh, their own comments and questions or whatever, okay? All right, and so Kent Stedman at cyberspaceorbit.com. There's amazing stuff uh, over there, Kent. I've been barreling through your site for the last two and a half days. I can't even. I mean, my God, it's outrageous what's happening. So but I forgot. I got to finish my uh, my postulation here. Okay, so let's let we gave out let the, that information. The so postulation. Tell you where my head's at at this moment. All right. What do you think is going on then? Well, I you know I have this incredible affinity for comets, and I don't know why. Yes, I do. I know why because I think we're like them. I think they're, we're like them. You might want to just zip up to the top of my site and go click on a picture of Joni Mitchell. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. That's where my head's at. I think we are stardust. I think we're like comets. We're made of the same primal material as a comet is. And if you and if you click that, you'll see a picture of Joni Mitchell and her great song. Let's see. Uh, oh, the song is called Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We are stardust, and you know, there's there is a in the field of astrobiology, uh, they declare we are made of stars. Sagan declared, you know, that was one of the last things and messages he left the earth, left to the people of the earth before he he passed on. Sure. I mean, uh, is it, it essentially what this? entity is hanging out there and you can call it something really analytical if you want like a big chunk of ice which is not true by the way that's been disproven you can call the comet antimatter some people are saying when antimatter enters the universe we call it a comet or you can call it Quetzalcoatl, you can call it the Archangel Michael, you can call it a harbinger of doom when 
but <laughs> but uh, uh, and comets have apparently really interfaced with the Earth. If it, if our own science is not all that primitive, we speak of a great comet impact that happened near the Yucatan that just totally wiped out the uh, dinosaurs. You know, back in the Mesozoic era, you can talk about the Tunguska event. Mm. It took place at the turn of the century, that, which was a cometary particle traveling at great speed, right. you know, that exploded in the atmosphere. Right, and the definition, you know... Or I mean, you can talk about the great fire in Chicago. They still don't know that that was started by uh, somebody kicking over a lantern or whether right. it was cometary. Right. <laughs> right, you know, right. Or you can talk about the plagues in the Middle Ages. Sure, background. Which the people, which the people uh, felt had some connection with Comet Haley and other comets. Yeah, I mean, there's evidence too. I, I think around you know five or six hundred A.D., if I remember correctly, that there was a cooling of the Earth and a darkening of the atmosphere that was reported. And 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 uh, there's some people that argue that that was from an impact. So so there's a whole there's a whole. Uh, history of it and in fact you know Ken I've talked about it on the air uh, a couple times before but you know up until 1994 or so before Shoemaker Levy 9 smashed into Jupiter and we got to watch it you remember that oh my god uh, before that you know there were a lot of mainstream astrophysicists that basically uh, claimed that the violent days of the solar system were long gone, and that, and that the days of impacts and all that stuff were, you know, were, were far behind us. But the impacts on Jupiter from Shoemaker Levy Nine uh, showed them exactly that that was, you know, most obviously incorrect. And uh, if you strip away the vegetation and the water from this planet, you'll find a planet that is uh, that is pockmarked with these things. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that is just obviously ongoing. And there's another aspect of this thing. Are, are we getting are, are we getting hit by these chunks from space, or are they seeding Earth? You right, know, we right. don't know what's in these cometary tails. Yeah, uh, as they sweep the Earth. Uh, yes, there's a lot of water, and yes, there's considerable evidence building up that there's a biological material in the comets too. Right. We have the whole uh, the whole. Uh, concept, which is which is a legitimate uh, scientific theory that's called panspermia, which basically means that you know the way one of the ways in which life spread throughout the galaxy and throughout the universe is uh, by uh, these vehicles of of uh, cosmic interlopers, as I like to call them. You know, they're they're um, they're they just fly through uh, the universe for you know for extended extended periods of time and. They're not, as you said so well, they, they, they are not uh, uh, always or necessarily just inert rocks. Who knows what's in these, uh, uh, in these things? So it's amazing. And, uh, well, I have an article, if you want to see where we're, where we're going in this. It's called The Possibility. Sometimes you have to use an edit find <laughs> feature on your site my god <laughs> to go through my page it's called the possibility of <laughs> arrival of living organisms from space hmm. and then there's a subtitle called influenza from space cough right now there's uh there, there's the whole 
other side of it as well. Now we have we we've got we got a bunch of different scenarios. We've got we got the scenario that nothing happens and it's just a pretty uh, sight that we get for those of us who are aware of it. We can get even even with a backyard telescope. Although we got we have almost a full moon uh, right now, so it's not quite as uh, although the way the thing is brightening, who knows? But uh, anyway, I don't think it's as bright as it was a few nights ago because I think of the it moon. Is. Maybe it is. I mean, as you say, I mean it's been brightening so much. So uh, we but we have we have that particular scenario where it's just uh it's just a present and we get to see it those of us who are lucky enough to be aware of it then we have the scenario that there's actually an impact and something happens then there's a scenario that uh, we pass through just the material and the material is nothing but a bunch of rocks and we get to see a light show in the sky then we have the other scenario where we pass through it and there's actually something uh uh active in that in that debris so uh i think we should talk about all those things um yeah, <laughs> but 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 let's but let's take but let's take a break for a minute. We've been we, we've been doing a half hour, and we'll we'll, we'll keep the uh, keep the people interested with some music here. I've been I've been collecting great independent music for the last few months, uh, as most people know who are listening to the program regularly. But um, this one here, Kent, is one that uh, you, as a matter of fact, gave to me, and it's perfectly fitting for our conversation right now. It's uh, it actually is the song Woodstock, but it's not Joni. It's this great band that you tracked down years ago called the Chillage People. Do you remember that? Oh, I love that. This is a wonderful presentation of the piece. It is a wonderful uh, presentation of the song Woodstock. Which w- did Joni write that song, Kendra? Was that written by yeah. somebody else? Oh uh, yeah, as far as, yeah, it's in it's in my memory. She wrote it, and then other people performed it, including Crosby, Stills, Nash, yeah. and Young. Yeah, a lot of people did. All right, well, this is it, and this time it came it's pre- out of the canyon. That's yeah, amazing. And um, all right, this is a wonderful version of it. It's called Woodstock. This is the Chillage People, and it's Mike Hagen with Kent Stedman from CyberspaceOrbit.com. You can check us out on the web and uh, streaming live tonight at CosmicWavesRadio.com on Channel Two. Thanks to the guys and girls over there for making this possible. Thanks to Larry, my webmaster, for getting everything together as always, and Bardo, uh, Kent Stedman for. Uh, for doing the amazing work that he always does. Okay, so so we'll come back. We'll do more of this in uh, just a few minutes. This is actually sort of a long break, so take a breather, get a beer, uh, a cup of coffee, whatever it takes, and come on back and listen to more. We're going to talk about a lot of the stuff uh, that we just sort of touched on in the first half hour here, and we'll dig a little bit more deeply into it. All right, so this is Mike, and uh, as I said, it's Radio Orbit, and it's a special Friday evening edition with Kent Stedman from CyberspaceOrbit.com. And uh, we're coming to you live thanks to the good people at KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. This is the Chillage People. Check it out. Despite massive traffic jams, drenching thunderstorms, churches, food, water, and water facilities, about 300,000 people jumped people swarmed over the school area today. The prospect of floods and the excitement of making a scene, young people came in droves, camping in the woods, hunting in the mud, talking, smoking, while in the Quote, participants well behaved, the crowd was... Well-behaved, according to both the Spanish and the police, even though about 75% of the area were arrested mostly on possession of narcotics. Come on, come on. It says on the 
Come out on the.
Alright, there you have it. That was the Chillage People with a cool cover of uh, Joni Mitchell's Woodstock. Alright, this is Mike Hagen. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's a special Friday evening edition. We've got Kent Stedman live on the phone with us from the cave in Seattle and we're broadcasting live over the internet uh, broadcasting live over the internet at www.cosmicwavesradio.com we're on channel 2 tonight and uh, let's say hello again to our good friend Bardo Kent Stedman hi hey to show you how uh, incredible this all is <laughs> and how dynamic it is to be on the internet watch this stuff through the internet while the music was playing, which somehow spells out my philosophy on it, the feeling of that music is the feeling I get. But while we were listening to that, uh, one of our good friends, I won't give his name, I'll call him the Druid, he's an astronomer, philosopher, Druid, hmm. sent me uh, updated information God, on I know who you're comment. talking about. So oh, you got to go to my website, because I posted it. <laughs> I need to reload. You got everybody really look right under oh, X-rays, huh? reference, and and you know if if anybody's trying to tell you that there's no influence of this comet on on Earth, they're wrong. You know we may not get hit by a big old house-sized chunk, and but there are effects. We no might less. not even know which way the tail is going to go. I frankly think we're going to be dusted by the tail toward the 25th into the into the first part of June. But what we are getting is X-rays. Hmm. Kent, let me uh, let me give him a little bit of this, okay? Yeah. All right. This is uh, something that's just uh, breaking now that Kent just posted on his site, and it's from uh, Space.com. It's been released by the Goddard Space Flight Center, so it's no uh, hocus pocus. All right, here you go. It says X-rays fly as cracking comet streaks across sky. Scientists using NASA's Swift satellite have detected X-rays from a comet that is now passing the Earth and rapidly disintegrating on what could be its final orbit around the Sun. Now, it goes on uh, extensively beyond that, but... Uh, and there's it, a picture. Yeah, and um, anyway, the uh, the comet seems to be generating X-rays as well, uh, Kent. Yeah, see, that's all new. They no one knew that comets transmitted X-rays. No, I mean, it's supposed to be... Uh, you know, I didn't get that in my... In my uh, well, it's weird. Oh, astronomy class. No, fact, I don't. They didn't, none of this stuff was revealed until uh, Hale Bopp, or maybe just before that, that they they uh, uh, detected X-rays off of comet Hayakutake. Hayakutake, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the the, the weird thing is they're pretty much um, hold, holding on to the standard model. Excuse me, my grandson gave me the flu. Ah, that <laughs> lousy little rat. Yeah, his name is Quentin, you know, yeah, and he's he uh, he, he's he's six months old and he's already trouble. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I know my kid's giving me trouble too. He's almost three. It's like it's it's like trying to put a rope around a tornado. So anyway, uh, can't the astronomers or at least the the uh, the mainstream guys seem to be you know they hold on to the classical model, the uh, the dirty snowball et cetera thing, but the dirty snowball. In again with a cosmological model that uh, basically says that we're flying through a uh, you know a vacuum or relatively close to a vacuum in space, it doesn't explain then how we could be 
see in x-rays, et cetera, being generated by this thing. So, yeah, there's, there, there's all kinds of contradiction already. And this is just one of very, very many. Yeah, and they have a picture of the comet in x-ray. So I love the visuals. That's my, oh, I know. my main thing. Well, and it's amazing. Everybody's talking about how bright this thing is getting, and now, uh, now they're talking about the whole thing literally just disintegrating, which means that it's basically just going to make a whole a huge cloud. Kent, you know, it's the, the, an outburst. There's no doubt about it. Hey, go to the go to your browser, do edit, find in page, and type in Swan. Okay. Swan. Okay, let me do that here. Type in Swan. S W A N. All right, got it. It's right in the middle there. It's, there's and then that, click on Swan. There's that little animation on the left. What's that animation, the boots animation on the left? Just so people know that, because that's where the Swan link is, right next to that. Ah, forget it. All right, click on the Swan link. <laughs> i got to go back. I don't know. I thought you were looking at it. All right, there so, they are. The, all right, so the Swan there's, is there's an image comet. of what? what? That's an image of the whole galaxy or what? Uh, well, it's actually, as far as I know, now... I'm always confused by these things. Here, you know, my, my, uh, I think this is aboard the Soho spacecraft. Wow, well, whatever it is, you can it's see a whole armada moving in. Spacecraft that gives you a, uh, uh, a wider view. Hmm. Now, I could be wrong on that, but it's a camera aboard some spacecraft. Yeah, and, and it's basically set up uh, in, a, in a grid yeah, system, like a longitude-latitude system, and, and it shows you... Uh, you know where things appear on this grid, but but as I said, it looks like there's a whole armada at the, in in sort of the uh, what would be sort of south southwest. <laughs> yeah, and above that are the two big the big chunks uh, coming cow. above the Earth's ecliptic. Oh my God, Ken! I didn't realize. That. Now uh, you know I have to sort of stand on my head and scratch my head. And oh wow! To try to figure out the perspective on all this in the three D nature. So uh, we probably need a real uh, a real astronomer here to to show us how the two big fragments B and C how they relate and how they are uh, having smaller fragments and so on. But there's stuff all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I would welcome I would welcome you know amateur or professional astronomers to to uh, correspond with us, tell us what you know, give us your opinions, whatever. Uh, I'd love to hear what people have to say, whether it's now uh, through the chat page, which I'll mention again, or or whether it's uh, at a later date, Kent, you know, via email or whatever. And Kent can be reached easily through cyberspaceorbit.com. And I can be reached through my website at mikehagan.com. So we'd love to hear people's opinions on what's happening because uh, it's not going to be over anytime soon, Kent. We've got a couple months uh, that we'll be in the same neighborhood as this. Uh, I predict from my own watch, and it's just a layman's watch. Understand that, everybody. I'm not an astronomer. I'm a, uh, I, I'm the guy that goes out on the edge and pulls all this stuff in, so that we can thrash it out. You know, and what mainstream astronomy, mainstream astronomy is trying to tell us now, especially NASA, who likes to say, don't worry about anything, we got it under control, we'll watch and we'll tell you what what's really happening. You know, uh, they're saying there's no potential for, for uh, impact. Well, we're being impacted right now as we speak. We're being impacted by x-rays. <laughs> 
Right, and they're telling us that right in their own press release here. Yes. And uh, yesterday was just wondrous to behold because what else are they telling us? You know, here we go. Yesterday, nine major mm. fragments went past us at their nearest passage to the earth. Mm-hmm. And they're all listed right at the top and of your page. And they're all on there. May 11th. So we got this weird symbolism going on, 9-11. Oh, nine, nine fragments on the 11th. Oh, I see. Yeah. And what does all, 9 I, mean to you? Oh, not again. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, well, well, the, 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 and I'll tell you what, Ken, I, I'm going to have to take a take a, a left turn for a moment, though. But nine has always been, you know, you and I have always talked about this, uh, and there's the particular reference of what's called the Ennead or the Eniad, and you reference it on your site as well. And there's yeah, a, a, do, do a edit find E N N E A D. Yeah, and in fact, the first uh, the first sort of reference to that on your site is pretty much right at the top of the page. And there's a there's a particular geometry that's associated with this to, as well, and it's called the enneagram. And the real weird thing, or at least what, another weird thing about this whole deal, is that I did a show on Monday night last Monday with this guy whose name is Marco Roden. Now Marco Roden is a super genius, and uh, he's a super genius that other super geniuses are saying is a super genius. All right, and his the, He's a mathematical guy, and he's come up with this amazing uh, uh, new, not really a theory, but well, basically it's an axiom. It's a mathematical law that he discovered, Ken. It's absolutely astonishing. But at any rate, nine is a central part of this. And he's sort of a mystic as well. He has sort of a traditional mystical background in, in a strange uh, or, or more, more of an obscure Islamic sect called um, the Baha'i Faith. At any rate, the guy is outrageous, and uh, he talks about the Enneagram and how the geometry is generated from this particular mathematical axiom that he's developed. It is amazing what the guy's done. But anyway, I've just been blown away by this number nine for a long, long time, and now, uh, over the last uh, week or so, just coming right back again. So, Well, the nine, it speaks of the Council of the Nine, which was mentioned in the Emerald Tablets, which goes back to Sir Isaac Newton and his translation of the Emerald Tablets. Who tell people a little bit about the Emerald Tablets, at least about where they, at least what we think they are and where they came from. Well, uh, how they appeared in our modern world, I'm not sure, except that they fell into the hands of the great materialist, the guy who we say is in charge of our sciences, you know, and his philosophy. It fell into the hands of uh, Sir Isaac Newton. The Emerald Tablets. And, and this was uh, supposed to be some sort of... From that moment on, he went into seclusion. <laughs> but the document was some sort of ancient text or something that was written by... He went into seclusion. Yeah, he went into seclusion. He began to translate this information, and he began to tell everybody, you know, keep this secret, <laughs> because it's uh, too powerful. And, uh, and he became... Uh, he went from classical physicist to alchemist at that point, you know, and became a mystic. And you've got to understand physicists, they don't they don't sever themselves from any possibility. Wow, hey Kent, um I have to ask you something. This is amazing, you know. I've talked a lot about on you know, I love alchemy and we've had Jay Widener on the air and Vincent Bridges and, you know uh you know, I've read five hundred year old treatises on this stuff and I 
uh, I, I love it. Um, but the stuff that I've read about Newton, I understood that he had a great body of work that was um, uh, alchemically uh, related, but I didn't realize that that was after uh, the traditional side of his work. I sort of thought it was the other way around and that he was uh, an alchemist first and foremost and then, uh, and then, and then, you know, switched over to the, uh, Newtonian, uh, rules and laws that we're all familiar with. Apparently that is not the case. Amazing. Well, the thing is, a person with that type of vision, uh, is, is always, uh, dancing back and forth from what we call the left brain and the right brain. You, you know, nothing's cut off from their perspective. Right, right You know, right. We, we try to consider, uh, in America here we say, well, we, we hold the seeds to all the true sciences, you know, the, which is a method, an analytical method, method of observation. I want to mention... And I we w- have a tendency to cut off uh, the great physicists and the astrophysicists who are willing to delve into consciousness itself. You know, with some of the lower level echelon scientists say, well, we don't know, we don't go, we don't go there. You know, that's not our job, we don't go there. But the thing is, in the classical university, you know, you had the, you had the metaphysicians, you had the, the academic scientists, you had the poets and so on. They all reported to this main dude, whether he's called the Archdruid or the, the Bard or the Doctor of Philosophy, and he would synthesize all. Or the Shaman. Or the shaman. Well, the thing is, the great astrophysicists, you know, including Einstein, including uh, Newton, and uh, 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 who's the current great astrophysicist? I can't. Um, well, in my opinion, it's Dr. Paul Laviolette. Yeah, uh, and, and but, others like that. They don't. Yeah. They don't disallow uh, and that aspect of reality, which includes the conscious mind itself. Right. Right. And can you know? Um, the, the the interesting thing about alchemy versus the traditional Western methodology that we think about when we talk about science is, uh, and I think it's worth talking about for a second, it's this idea of, of what they call the uh, time independency of experimentation. In other words, in order for Western science to do its business, they have to take time out of the equation. And so... Uh, doing an experiment on a Tuesday morning is no different than doing the, t- the, the experiment on a Saturday afternoon, all right? But if you go back to the traditional alchemical, uh, alchemical texts and the way that these guys thought and these women thought, there were, there were women alchemists as well, and there have been plenty of women shaman as well, and they've sort of been excluded from the, from the discussion in many cases. Uh, but... At any rate, the alchemist did the same experiment over and over and over again. And the reason that they did that was because they recognized that the experiment was not time independent. That, that, that the position of the stars was involved in this. That, that uh, you know, every day uh, something uh, has changed, every moment something has changed and western science has as one of its central uh, uh central axioms is this thing that they call the return to initial conditions well i'm sorry guys but there ain't no such animal you can never return to initial conditions 
This planet has never been in the same place twice. We are moving through space. Everything is moving. Everything is changing every moment. And this is something that uh, is not taken into account by Western science. And it is a big uh, omission, in my opinion. And that's why uh, I love the talk of alchemy, because they understood that sort of thing. I was thinking of Stephen uh, Hawking, too. Hmm. The great astrophysicists say, you know, focus and imagination are our two greatest tools. Einstein told us that over and over and over. Absolutely, the imagination. And you and I, we just just rail about it, you know, for days on end. The ability to concentrate and the ability to imagine are the two greatest tools of the the real astro... Now, there are a lot of engineers floating around this country that think they're... Astrophysicists, they're not. They make stuff. <laughs> you know, and, they, and the sort of Missourian astros. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I, uh, what should I say? You headed astrophysicist. The interesting thing is that there's probably very few people from Missouri listening right now. That <laughs> uh, think that, 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 that they're astrophysicists or not. You know, astrophysicists or theoretical physicists are hard to find. We don't pay them that well here in, in Yankee Doodle Dandy Land. You know? <laughs> They're hard to find. Most of them are still over there in other parts of the world. Yeah, the Russians. i got to talk about the Russians. I mean, the Russians great or, or Persia. Wow, God. Figures or India. Yeah. You know, or China. You know, mm-hmm. That's where they might be. Or, or in, in Europe. You know. you know, Dr. Paul talked about this thing. And, you know, the bottom line is that there's just no money in it here. You can't yeah. you can't get any money, and these and, and a scientist like anybody else, uh, they have to uh, make money, and you know that's the sort of that's the deal in the culture that we live in. So, well, you go where the money is, or at least you go where there's enough money. And some people go for the big bucks, and you know they really sell out. <laughs> well, and other all, people just they, get by. In our eyes and the ears of our culture, they, right? Uh, they no they no longer function in that role anymore because they're all. Behind a big cellophane wrapping of secrecy. Well, it's amazing, and, and I'm, I'm going I'm to get on the box for a minute because I'm thinking about uh, humility and stuff. And all of the all of the men and women that I know uh, that I talk to, I shouldn't say all, but many of the men and women that I talk to on the radio program, they come with nothing but heart. I mean, they're not well-funded, you know. They're not being recognized by very many people whatsoever, and they're doing amazing work. Dr. Paul is one of these people. He has struggled, you know, financially for a long, long time. Dr. Michael Heisen, you know, Paradise Newland. Uh, This guy, Marco Roden, that I spoke to uh, on Monday, you know, and on and on and on. I mean, Kent, you and me, I mean, you know, it's like... Larry, my webmaster, I mean, and on and on and on, and everybody else who's listening, it's like, uh, you have to give credit to the people that are just doing their best to share information and uh, and not asking a whole lot for it. And some of these men and women are doing just amazing work, and boy, I hope, uh, I really hope in my heart, you know, that, 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 it, that it ends up... Uh, paying off for them, you know, all this work, because it's amazing work, and it's more important than anything that's happening in Washington, uh, or, you know, or, or quite frankly, in the, in the skies above our heads, maybe, or maybe not, I don't know, but I just wanted to say that, so, 
Well, see, they, they, they give us data. They, they feed us data, and it comes out of JPO and NASA, you know. Uh, study the history of JPO. <laughs> and one of these days, put in your, your browser, Jack Parsons, JP. Oh, yeah, Good that's, that's JP. the JP and, uh, from JPO. Find out where he was coming from. Well, right. Where he was coming from was not raising brain science. He was from a. He was definitely involved in metaphysical science, you know. And sometimes we get just in the numbers, you know. It, it, they start making me scratch my head. For instance, we got the trajectory of a particle that crossed over yesterday called 73p uh, fragment 3bd, and you look at the data on this on this particle. I've got it listed. Uh, here and uh, uh, do find edit find check out the cult numbers and uh, the guy wrote me a letter oh, okay, he okay. said check out the cult numbers below NASA's I just cannot help but use 1133 that damn tetrahedral 1447 wow <laughs> At eleven, eleven, nine, eleven. You know, he's he's saying right on and on. Yeah, twenty-one and fifty-three equals two plus one plus five plus three equals eleven. <laughs> Talk about tossing us a bone. Thought you might find this interesting, amusing. So, are they in dumping the data our way? Are they dumping uh, uh, in coded information in some bizarre way so that it perks us up that there are things going on out there that are that are uh, Way beyond a big chunk of ice passing, <laughs> passing by us, you know, something right. else is going on. I don't know. And is it and 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 is it all random, or or? Oh, I know. I mean, there's talk about. Uh, we, well, we'll have to talk about this in the next hour. We're going to take a break here, but when we come back, Ken, let's talk about. Let's talk about. There might be an intercession going on. Right, something <laughs> breaking up this comet. Cosmic, in other words, cosmic a, intercession. Or force field. In, in or something. our favor, by the way. Maybe. Yeah, and I also want to talk uh, at, at greater depth about this idea of panspermia and, uh, and what might be lurking in the tails of the comet because mm, our good friend, I was going to say mine, but I'll say our close friend and ally and, and, and mentor and, uh, you know, ancestor at this point, Terrence McKenna, had some interesting things to say about uh, about that as well. So we'll come back and we'll talk more. All right, buddy? All right. All right, Bardo, this is uh, Mike Hayden. You're listening to myself and Kent Stedman. And we're broadcasting Radio Orbit live tonight on the web. Thanks to the good people over at CosmicWavesRadio.com. You can find us there on the web, CosmicWavesRadio.com, right now, Channel 2. You can also find us there every Monday night from midnight Eastern until 3 a.m., Eastern, and uh, wonderful people over there, and I'm so excited about the technology and being able to get a little bit of a grasp on it and um, and bring this, uh, this stuff to you. It's a Friday night. We're doing a live special broadcast. Normally, it's only once a week on Mondays, but now I have the, uh, the, uh, the ability to broadcast sort of anytime I want, and it just uh, is real cool. So... We're going to do more of it. We've got another hour at least with Kent. We'll see uh, uh, if people get involved in the chat site and have interesting things to ask and to say. We'll stick around as long as we have to. 
until I pass out or otherwise. In the meantime, this is my friend Ruth and her band. They're called Rutherford, and this song is called The Breeze. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, Kent Stedman at cyberspaceorbit.com, myself at mikehagan.com, and the guys at at, um, cosmicwavesradio.com. Thanks to them. We rush around to shops and stores We spend our nights behind closed doors With arms around our first-class horse And we all want something more So we cut ourselves with words
All right, that's called The Breeze. That's my friend Ruth and her band Rutherford. Local independent music from Columbia, Missouri. Wonderful stuff. Thanks, Ruth, for making the music, and Jeff, too, and all the rest of the people in the band. All right, this is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit. We're coming to you live on a Friday night on the Internet. Thanks for being with us, and thanks to the people at Cosmic Waves Radio. Dot com for making it happen, and also I'd like to mention the uh, station here, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Uh, we also could not be doing it were it not for uh, uh, for KOPN. If you could see what, uh, hey Bardo, if you could see what I've got going here, it would crack you up. Yeah. There's a, uh, okay, the station, first of all, for people that are out there, the station has been around for 34 years. It's an independent community radio station. There is no... Uh, other than money that's donated by the community, you know, just regular people, um, and uh, and matching grants and this sort of thing from the government, right? Now, the station has been on the air for, for 34 years, and, uh, you know, 24-7. And there are, there are three people that work here that actually get paid, and uh, I don't think any of them makes very much money, and they all have families, <laughs> you know. But there's about 75 people that do shows during the course of a week, and there are another hundred or so people that are volunteers that help out, just help out around the station, you know. And uh, anyway, right now there's a program where the guy's playing Little Feet right now, uh, but um, we're not on the air on the FM air right now. You and me are just broadcasting over the internet and. And the, and the way I was able to do that was because the people here are so cool. Uh, when I said, hey, I have an idea, you know, and I'd like to try to do this in this studio, this little makeshift studio that I had, and they let me do it, you know. And so here I am. And it, talk about imagination and creativity. This is the only way that I'm able to do it is because, you know, I had the idea, but they have the facility, the... Um, uh, the equipment, this is a big part of it, you know, having the tech. I mean, if you could see what I have, i got a great little setup here, you know. And I couldn't do it otherwise. And, and we have a, a high-quality broadcast. And we can really do it right. And I thank them for it. And I, and I hope the people out there, I don't talk very much about KOPN um, because it's a local radio station. And it's just the people here in Columbia, basically, you know. And um, I don't talk about it much on the web. But I hope the people out there do recognize that I couldn't do it without um, KOPN. And it's a great station, and there are wonderful people that have been involved here for 35 years almost. And um, if you're interested, uh, interested in that, uh, you can always check out KOPN on the web at kopn.org. And uh, anyway, so that's enough of that. So, Ken, let's get back to uh Well, let me tell you what I have here. <laughs> okay, cool. What's going on? This is a crack, yeah. What? Here I am sitting at my little station here, which is in the corner of my apartment. <laughs> my apartment right now looks like Toy Story because uh, <laughs> I got little things that uh, look like uh, Sesame Street and uh, a drum that you pound and it's, it's because uh, I'm a babysitter. Right, so these aren't your toys, per se. the left, I got hanging my <laughs> my uh, Dobro guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear that. Yeah. And yeah. my computer is a total antique. I mean, the side is off of both sides. There are pieces and parts laying around everywhere. And uh, it's like a Pentium 3 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and 
uh, all my kids and, and someone have far better computers than I do. <laughs> and so, you know, here we are, going by the seat of our pants. Uh, I work obsessively, as you know. You know, I'm really interested in finding out all this stuff because uh, I've had weird experiences in my life. We won't go into that now. But I'm trying to get answers for 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 uh, my own weird track through life. Right. And so, uh, for it's almost ten years now, it's been searching, searching, searching. And uh, you know, people help me. If you'll scroll at the very bottom of my page, I would like to uh, point out that I have a PayPal button there. <laughs> and and nice people do help me from time to time, just to keep me encouraged and going and uh-huh. cover the expenses. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, that's my setup. You ought to see it. You just laugh your butts off. It's a wonderful <laughs> place, so it's a magical and, place, and, and it's. Yeah. files here. All right, so look, Kent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, man, and uh, and I can, and you know, it's awesome, and I love where you live, and I love uh, I love coming to visit you, and uh, I got to come out there. Actually, no, it's your turn. We already talked about that. So. But it's amazing that here we are communicating on a on a connection that goes right out to the world. Yeah, you know, I have very, a friend from very seat of the pants. Right. I mean, right now. Um, we, there, there's, you know, there have been so many great people that have been helping out with the website and stuff. Larry, of course, but there's another guy who uh, he goes by the name of Pio, and he's in Sweden, and he's listening right now, probably, and uh, uh, he's he's helping. And all these people that are just helping out. It's amazing how, um, if you just say, "Hey, I need someone that knows something about this or that," you know, <laughs> they just show up and they'll say, "Hey, I know a little bit about that." Let me help, you know. And where's it going to go in the future? It always, are we going to have laptops walking through Sri Lanka, you know, right, right. broadcasting <laughs> the Internet? I don't know. When, I don't know. I mean, we're getting... going to go to just pure telepathy? We're getting, we're getting really close to being able to communicate sort of whenever we want, you know. I mean, yeah. you think about the cell phone technology now, that includes video and all this stuff. Pretty soon it's going to include, you know, uh, we already have the cell phones that have sort of walkie-talkies that are built into them so you can have sort of a direct line to anybody else who's in that particular network, you know. Uh, you know, maybe maybe pretty soon you have cell phones that you can program certain numbers in that are always on, <laughs> you know, and you, and you can have a constant connection to that particular person. Uh, I mean, all this stuff is very feasible and possible, but um, we'll have to see where it goes. But uh, let's get back to comments for a minute, okay? All right. And uh, I want to talk about... Uh, this idea of panspermia a little bit more, and I'm gonna—I'll just brush over it real quickly. But the idea is that um, is that biology uh, can be spread throughout the galaxy or the universe or whatever um, uh, by being carried along by various uh, cosmic objects, uh, asteroids, comets, whatever. Um, the idea is basically that, uh, for example, Kent, you mentioned, you know, that we had this big impact. Of, co- of course, there are people that dispute it, but regardless, if it happened, this is the potential idea that the impact occurs, say, 65 million years ago, right? And there's biology on the Earth. At, uh, 65 million years ago, we know uh, biology was on the Earth. Now, again, people will dispute the time frame. Okay, it wasn't 65 million years ago. It was 6,000 years ago. Whatever. At some point, 
the geological record shows that a big rock smashed into the planet. And it's done that many, many times. So I don't give a shit what, you know, what the time frame is. The bottom line is that things have happened. And when that happens, it blasts a whole bunch of stuff off into space. And some of the stuff that gets blasted off into space is biology. Uh, you know, the, the, the stuff that got blown apart by the freaking comet or whatever hit the planet. So that stuff now goes up into the atmosphere, etc., and can leave the planet's atmosphere, can get dragged along with the, uh, the fragments of the body or whatever. Anyway, it goes out there. And the idea is that this stuff can be moved throughout uh, space in this method and, and, and basically seed planets uh, through the same method. In other words, the comet can pick up material uh, from Earth and then go seed it somewhere else, or vice versa. So this is the idea, this is the notion, and it's 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 quite uh, you know it's quite mainstream. There are many many straight uh, astrophysicists that talk about this stuff, and there are conferences on uh, panspermia and all that stuff. So uh, Terence McKenna, this is where I this is where I really like it. You know, Kent, this is where it gets fun Jeremy for me. Jeremy Coffin, that's my grandson. Ah, yes, lousy. Little. <laughs> all right, so listen to this. Um, now, Terence is not the only one that has, uh, well, he, he sort of proposed it, but he got quite a bit of, he got, got quite a few people behind him that said, oh yeah, certainly a possibility. So listen to this. This is from something that was called uh, the Resonance Project. It was an interview from 1993, and I'll read it. It's just a, a reasonably short piece here. Uh, quote, well, I'm not wedded to any of this. I just simply state the facts, and the facts are that not DMT so much, which is pretty common in many plants and animals, uh, and DMT, I'll add this, is dimethyltryptamine. It's a, it's a, a common uh, compound that's found in, in human metabolism and many plants and animals uh, on the planet. All right, anyway, he says, uh, DMT, uh, which is pretty common in many plants and animals, but psilocybin. Psilocybin is 4-phosphoryloxy-NN-dimethyltryptamine. This, uh, this is slightly technical, but it is the only 4-phosphorylated indole on the planet. That's strange because the way biology works is if you have a molecule, uh, if you have a molecule useful in a biological system, then in other biological systems you will get the same molecule or tiny variants, methylated or or, uh, or O-methylated. So here is psilocybin with the only hydrolation in the four position on the planet. Well, now the search for extraterrestrial life with radio telescopes waiting for signal, fine. Another way would be to search the biological inventory of this planet for something that looks like it did not evolve from the main broad uh, flow of animal and plant evolution. And if you do that, this 4-phosphorylated indole is sticking up there like a sore thumb. I'd like to see a paper about how many of these kinds of chemical anomalies are known to exist on this earth in life. And what's the explanation for this? I've never seen anybody discuss this kind of thing. And yet, to my mind, psilocybin the psilocybin molecule is, an, is as artificial as a Coke bottle, <laughs> as it appears in nature. If you'll just inventory nature, you'd pick this molecule up and say, well, what is this? All right? So, wonderful stuff from Terence. And yeah, psilocybin is a, one of these really interesting things that, uh, uh, that is really specific to the mushroom and doesn't show up anywhere else. And that's highly suspicious. But we're not here to argue that tonight. But the point is... It supports this idea of panspermia and that things can move throughout the galaxy and you never know what might be in there. Uh, psilocybin um, comes from 
the mushroom, and the mushroom comes from a spore, you know, Kent? Right. What do we know about spores? First thing I thought of thought of when I saw this uh, movie from Hubble is the spores. Looking at the comet casting and defragment, it looks like it's casting spores. But that would hmm. be the artist, the, the poet, the, looking at the metaphor. Well, I mean, that's what history is, and I love it. So uh, if, we, if we just follow that metaphor for a, mo- for a moment, uh, a spore, and this has been proven, we know this, now this is not speculation, uh, the mushroom spore uh, is made up of such a uh, uh, stuff that it can exist for long, long periods of time in uh, highly aggressive and dangerous environments, high radiation, high temperature, low temperature, the vacuum of space, etc. Uh, the mushroom spore is one of many different kinds of spores that can exist in these environments for long periods of time. So there's a reasonable argument that says that the mushroom, uh, certain mushrooms at least, are extraterrestrial in nature. Now, I'll kind of stretch it a little bit here, since we're on the air and we're only on the, on the web, and it's uh, almost midnight. For those of you who have experienced psilocybin, taking it into your body at a, uh, at a dose level that was sufficient uh, to do what I'm going to talk about in a moment, you know that there is certainly a Galactarian sort of flavor to the mushroom at times. It can uh, rave about, you know, the moons of Zebula de Nebel, uh, and, uh, you know, machines the size of Manhattan, you know, that, uh, that, that, that evolve and revolve around alien stars and planets. And so, uh, it, this, this isn't as far-fetched as you might think, I think, Kent. Well, I don't think so, and I don't think our uh, great astrophysicists physicist thought so you know we talked about uh uh newton for instance translating the emerald tablets trying to find the greater secrets you know who this is amazing this is amazing atlantean allegedly by the name of toth toth and he you know who said things like custodians and watchers of the force of man's bondage ready to loose when the light has been reached First and most mighty sits the veiled presence, Lord of Lords, the infinite nine. (laughs) Over the other from each cosmic cycle, weighing and watching the progress of men. Outrageous. Whoa. Gosh, I know. Top of that, something was our first true, true astronaut. And not somebody that sits inside a piece of junk and gets shot like a rocket out into space, but a true astronaut. Amazing. All right, Bardo, I think that's a good opportunity for us to take another break here, okay? Um, This is a band from Italy. They're from Torino, Italy, Kent. They're called the Wimshurst Machine. And this is a whole other story. The Wimshurst Machine is an actual device. It's it's a machine that was built, uh, and it was supposed to be like a free energy device or something. Right, right. Uh, from from like the 1820s or something, and uh, the guys and girls in this band uh, came up, came upon it somehow, and then um, uh, and then used the name for their band. But anyway, great stuff. Uh, again, independent international music, 
coming to you from uh, KOPN and from Radio Orbit. Bardo, it's good stuff. Uh, thanks for sticking around. Let's do another segment here, and we'll, I'm going to hop on the chat page, I think, um, during the break, see if anybody has anything they want to add. But uh, what do you think uh, when we come back? What do you want to talk about? I want to take people on a little journey here. Let's go look and see what's happening right now because with the Internet, we have the ability to do that. We can go look at the sky. Let's go look at the sky and see All right. what's going on up there. So we can get a relatively real-time look at what's happening right now? Yeah, we can. All right, that's what we're going to do, okay? Okay. All right, this is Mike Hagan. You're listening to it. I'm live, uh, thank you, via CosmicWavesRadio.com. And uh, also thanks to KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My guest is Kent Stedman, the wonderful bard from cyberspaceorbit.com. You can always link directly from his, uh, from his site to mine and from mine back to his. It's sort of a... Hmm. Can't even talk about it. Anyway, uh, cyberspaceorbit.com or mikehagan.com and also uh, for the live stream at uh, cosmicwavesradio.com. All right, one more time. This is the Wimshurst Machine, and this song is called Wind Sailor. And we'll come back with Kent in just a few minutes, and we'll uh, let him take us on a little sail as well.
Alright, that's a Wimshurst machine. That's called Wind Sailor. This is Mike Hagan, and you're listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My guest, Kent Stedman, uh, joining us live from his place in Seattle. And you can find information about Kent at www.cyberspaceorbit.com. And all of his wonderful work and uh, research goes back years and years and years. And I've been uh, privileged to be a part of it and to be uh, a member of his circle, so to speak. So, hi, Bart. Howdy. Let's go looking around here, shall we? This Let's go take I a look. All right. I want to take you on the journey with me. We have all these ideas of, of chunks of stuff floating over the top of us and so on. Is it true? Is it not true? I don't know. But let's go see because we've got the ability through the Internet resources to actually do that, to go look at the sky. So let's go look at it and see what's going on. I'm not sure anything is at this moment. But uh, first thing I want to do, I had to recode something. See, it's an endless process. (laughs) So refresh your browser at cyberspaceorbit.com. Okay, got it. Now go down to uh, do edit, find CONCAM, C-O-N-C-A-M. C-O-N-C-A-M. Got it. Okay, CONCAM. Again, again, it's right for, for people that are out there. Is that hyperlink <clears throat> for you now? Yeah, hold on a second, though, Ken. For people who aren't using uh, Mozilla, and you should, get off the uh, Internet Explorer uh, disastrous train wreck. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> I've got them both open. I know, that I know. Some people's... Uh, some of this stuff works in some browsers and not in others, so anyway, I understand what's going on. But anyway, ConCam, again, it's it's only just a little bit don't, down... Don't click it quite yet. I want you to look to the left yeah, now this is, uh, again, just right towards the top of Kent's page at cyberspaceorbit.com, page down just a little bit. You'll see the, 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 you'll see Joni Mitchell, the image of her. It's sort of an ethereal image of Joni Mitchell on the left-hand side. And then you'll see this funky geometric image uh, that's called the Enneagram, which is a nine-pointed star. And then to the left of that, you'll see this sort of animation. I think that's where you're going, right, Kent? Yeah, that animation was picked up over Florida a few days ago, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's go see what and and look at you see the word canaries. Yeah, no, again, and this there's is a little there's a little GIF uh, animation under there that shows a par, uh, an object uh, sort of moving away from the star field. Yeah, and again, just it's right stuff just... like that that we're looking for. So that's a clue, okay? Because there's an object over the Canary Island. Oh. That is uh, 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 moving differently, uh, doing a different dance over the top of our heads than the rest of the stars, which are tracking along together in a parallel course. Right. The star field moves at a predictable pattern and a predictable predictable rate, and things move against that, and then we go, hey, that's an anomaly. Yeah, that's a chunk of stuff. Okay, all right. Okay, now go back to the word concam, and let's click it, okay? Okay, again, right uh, just um, up and to the right of that little image that Ken's talking about, again, just to the lower right of this Enneagram, the nine-pointed star. So it says concam, and uh, we're going to click there and open. Night sky live. Cool. These are sort of fisheye cameras that are pointed at the night sky from various observatories, and these are not uh, cams like you see some guy set up a cam. Mm-hmm. Look at the chicks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these, these are uh, manned and uh, uh, fielded by uh, real astronomers, and they're permanent apertures into the night sky over various regions of the world. And uh, 
So, so let's look on. Uh, let's look at some of these things here. Let's go to. I don't know where should we go. Let's go to Kit Peak. Are you with me? I am here, baby. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and I am. Um, it'll say live. Click on that. It'll say live from Kit Peak. Right, and let me give a quick description too. The, the image that comes up right when you click on the night sky net, it, it basically shows the Earth, and it shows uh, uh, where. What, where it's dark and where it's light, sort of, right, Ken? We can see these different things above different areas. So, mm-hmm. All right, so we'll click on Kit Peak. And where does that take us? This is an observatory that's found in Arizona, I think, right? Yeah. That's run by the Vatican, by the way. <laughs> oh, God, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, don't forget. Okay, now click the big image. All right. The big central image, it'll give you an animation. What is that? Is that the Earth? That's what? looking at the sky through a... Oh, uh, oh, oh. An astronaut. Oh, that's right. Okay. What they call a fisheye lens. Right, and now, and we see uh, certain stars and constellations, etc. Yeah, and there are also. Do you see a bunch of little yellow squares? Yeah. What are they? I don't know, <laughs> but I'm suspicious <laughs> that they're tracking objects up there that are not identified in the known sky view. Hmm. And there's a particular one of particular interest, sort of middle right. Within the sphere? I see it. Exactly, I see it. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know what that is. I'm going to have to take this animation apart, and this is what I do next, is I'll save this. I'll right-click it and save it. Some of you might want to do this, too, to help me out on this sleuth here. Right-click and save it to your hard drive, and then uh, look at it Look at it in greater detail. And uh, let's try to figure out what all these squares mean. Bardo, have you looked at any of the the earlier images? You can go over to the right-hand side and click on, the, like, the earlier... Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of functions here that we can... That we can um... Yeah, I might suggest people go back a little bit further and see if, you know, if, if these things still show up, you know, a month ago or a year ago. They got the gallery. If you look below the... If you back backspace now, back away from <clears throat> the animation, mm-hmm. you can go to the archive, and there's logs... Right, and there's a right, gallery right. and a star map. Compare above to a star map. There's all that is very relevant. Amazing. And, uh, I haven't done all these things. <laughs> no, I mean there's too much to do. But it, you know, it just you know, I've never ceased to be amazed, Kent, about you know the resources that are really here for us. I mean, you, we can we can use all this stuff. It's right here. It's just a matter of. But those little yellow squares that we just saw. What we're seeing here is a fishbowl lens into the night sky. And as and you click on it, and it gives you an animation over the last few hours. And on one of the frames, it, this animation, some astronomer. And, and by the way, these are these fisheye these fisheye optical openings into the night sky are are uh, you're under the, the direction of an, a team of astronomers. This is yes, and 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 again, yeah, you know, this is not a this is not a beach camp. No, it's uh, Jesuit astronomers too. <laughs> now, go no offense. Go back no again. offense. Go know, back again to all of my Jesuit listeners. <laughs> yeah, so, go back again to the night sky live. <laughs> yeah, back I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm alive, Kent. But so are you. So I figure, screw it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, where are we going back? <laughs> back now? Where? Live, <laughs> live from Kit Peak. The night sky live, where it has all the array of cams. Okay, got it. All now right. let's go look at another one. Let's go look at. Uh, that was weird. Let's go, you see the one that says WISE? WISE, OBS, yes. Yeah, okay. let's, let's click that one. Okay. Now, again, you'll get, you'll get a still image, and then if you click on the still, you'll get a, you'll get a um, 
and animation, right, Kent? Okay, it says live from Wise Observatory. There's a big central picture of the current current frame with a on the right the last eight images, and this is from this is over Israel. Holy cow! I'm looking at it. Wise Observatory in Israel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now click on the big image, and you get the animation. It's somehow also connected with the uh, NSF, NASA, and Michigan Tech, which is also. Uh, uh, credited on the photos here, but anyway, regardless. All right, so we got Vega, we got Altair, Deneb, Cygnus, and we've got lots of strange lights. Or whoa, uh, what's streaking across there? Well, that's probably the sun. Oh but what God. I want you to look at is see all the planets going, uh, the constellations going by. You got Vega going by, mm-hmm. you got Altair mm-hmm. going by. Yep, Lyra. They're tracking. They're tracking. That's a star field tracking. But right in the center, uh, well, just slightly top left center. Yeah. Of the uh, of the uh, the image image is is a light that mm-hmm. is and seems to be a pinpoint that seems to be acting totally independent of everything else. Yeah, See and it? yes, yes, and not uh, and and not designated on the on the on the image. What I think they're doing here is targeting hmm. with their lens. I think they're targeting that that particular entity. Very interesting. It's big. It moved, what, for people again, if you don't have the uh, the, and you should be able. You're on the web probably, but uh, if you're if you're if you haven't gotten there or you don't have the plugin or whatever, uh, the star field moves in a particular direction, and uh, when things move against that, you know that's when the flag goes up. And this is a big bright object, and it's moving against the star field basically, right, Kent? Well, it's a it, it, it's as though the scope is is focused on that object and right. everything else, and it's. And it's uh, and it, relatively everything else is going by it. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's interesting to me. Now, what what is it? What is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it the comet? I don't know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We're left guessing, and and uh, um, you know, I'll, I hate to say it, but you know, it's the truth. I mean, we 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 have to. Uh, Go by our experience and, and, and things like that. And the, there are wonderful people at NASA. I know there are people doing great work there, and uh, you know, like there are in all institutions and organizations. But uh, there have been some uh, instances in the past where it's been really suspect that we haven't gotten the full uh, the full Monty, so to speak. And uh, you know, that's sort of that's sort of endemic these days in 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 uh, government institutions. So you have to question what uh, what what are we missing? What aren't we being shown? What aren't we being told? This thing on Kit Peak that's the one that really peaks my okay, no pun intended. Okay, again. Let's go back to uh, backspace what? twice and go back to the main page that lists all the cams. The night sky live. Okay, night it sky live. Nightskylive dot net. In case you're lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And okay, so go ahead. Now, I've been watching over the past few days, and this is because of Eric Julian, you know, who says that he thinks that Fragment S is going to come in and hit the ocean and the Atlantic. And, Let's talk a little bit and about this well, guy. Wait a minute. And, it, and, and then it's going to cause a, a tsunami to right, take out Florida. Right, right. But so we do have a cam. We do have a cam. It's called the Rosemary Hill Cam. Okay. That's uh, a Florida I see. cam. 
Okay. Now, I don't know if anything is shot. I haven't clicked it yet, but I'm going to. Right. And again, now. this is from Night Sky Live. Just click uh, on the uh, on the particular box. It says Rosemary uh, Rosemary Hill. It's right next to Kit Peak, which is the one that I really like. I thought was interesting. So. Yeah. All right. Okay, and then, and then, hey, that. man, we got to talk about this Julian guy. I got to know a little bit about him. Yeah, live from Rosemary Hill, Florida. All right, and I just clicked on the animation, so it's loading up now. Now we got the solar. We got a solar burst. Right. That's what's in the lower left. Yeah. Okay. And, all right. Uh, we all right. also got a whole bunch of other stuff up there. And, yeah. And up by also Ursa, uh, up by Ur- the left. Okay. So up by Ursa Major. Yeah. Uh, on the sort of upper right, towards maybe the one o'clock position, and then on the far left, at maybe what would be considered maybe ten o'clock position, we have another cluster of something. Now, yeah, and we need to analyze this stuff. Now, are, are some of these? I, I would assume that because of the position of the sun, the objects that are moving in tandem or parallel to one another, going from right to left, are probably yes, lens flare. Mm. <laughs> But there are, if you really look closely, you know, integrated into this animation are other objects that are moving askew from everything else. You know, like right, right inside of the Ursa Major sort of lens flare uh, array there, there's a couple of objects. <laughs> are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing exactly what you're seeing. They look like they have tails. And uh, yes, yes, and they're moving contrary to everything else. Mm-hmm. Again, yes. Now that's the stuff you have to look for. And uh, these sky cams, these con cams, are uh, monitored by astronomers. They probably best tell us what we're seeing because uh, I don't know. Then at the top left, there's a cluster of lights, and and uh, the top left of the sphere, well, about uh, ten o'clock. Right. Gotcha. And there's a little light flickering inside oh, yeah. the big light. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'll tell you, Ken, it's really interesting. We have... Uh, now go back to Cyberspace Orbit, Doug. All right, let's see. Let's go back there. All right. Cyberspace Orbit. you got to click one for me. Orbit, Passover. One, got two, it. Three. Three times, and I'm back to Cyberspace Orbit. As am I. All right, so... Uh, now, the big animation you're seeing there next to the uh, Enneagram is a is a... Really bizarre, anomalous thing that came off of the Rosemary Hill live sky cam. I have no idea what we're seeing. Hmm. Absolutely none. Is it a lightning burst? What is it? I don't know. Hmm. But we've picked up some other really weird ones. If you look at con cam, and right next to that a source, and then go jump on look my... look at Swan uh, before. Eight on my hyperlink, Rosemary Hill... Go to Florida Capture. Florida Capture. All right, again, that, that's just to the right of ConCam, and again to the right of this image uh, that's flashing boots, and, and to the right of this uh, Enneagram uh, nine-pointed star. So we moving have Florida, Florida image. Captures, right. and I have and I have two, three, four, five. Hmm. Uh, in other Amazing. words, we've captured things on the Rosemary Hill cam that you might want to check out. I don't think we'll do that. All right. At the moment. Now, we're going to have to come back and talk about some more state of this stuff by for state, sure. But we've picked up some interesting stuff over Florida. Ken, what, what's the... Well, okay, two things. Um, we've, got, we've got 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about two things before we finish. The first, I want to talk about Eric Julian a little bit, what we know about him, or what we think we know. And then I also would like to talk about... Um, uh, 
Well, let's start with him, all right, and, and we'll see where that goes. I have another idea, but I want to I want to hold off on it for a second. Well, very briefly, Eric Julian is a uh, uh, former military air traffic controller. He claims there's going to be a comet collision with Earth on the 25th, and uh, right above, uh, you can go uh, edit, find the vision, <laughs> and you'll see a picture of Eric Julian. All right, got it. Again, it's just down a little Former bit further. Former military air traffic controller claims comet collision with, with Earth. Earth. Right. Now, That's, then we have... My the, best reference to go to is Great, great Dreams. Great Dreams, Be right. over at Great Dreams. Don't quit there quite yet, though. Be okay. over at Great Dreams has been in, in communication with Eric and has, in fact, been his translator and so on. She's done an incredible effort on that part. But uh, his papers are listed below, um, May 25th, 206, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Day of Destiny. Jeez. And, uh... What's today? The 17th? Yeah. No, the 12th. Well, uh, so we got 13 days, according to this guy, before the, before a rock hits the But hits look the at his data. I mean, here's the problem with Eric Julian, but it's not a problem for me, <laughs> alas. <laughs> this came to him in a dream, you know, in a metaphysical experience. Hey, you know, uh, you know, uh... Uh, Descartes, who, who who founded Western science, you know, which which denies all of these things, you know, was was told by an angel in a dream that the the conquest of nature would be achieved through number and measure. I mean, that was the beginning of the whole five hundred years of you know of carnage. And so, so yeah. So it what? Started with a vision, and then he began to track and gather data, you know, to either support or or. In debate of his own vision, and he came up with some really interesting data. Some of the data apparently has been changed over the past few weeks from its original condition as well, and this as, the, as, as dripped out to us from NASA. Well, and there's precedent for that again. I mean, there's precedent. That's the thing that people have to understand. We're not just whistling Dixie. We have we have precedent in the past where there was total bullshit being being peddled. We know it. So, not, you know, so how do you not, trust him? You know, it's really hard to trust. So. Delve too deeply into Harry Julian. I've, you know, I sped read through his material. Extremely interesting okay. to me. I can relate to the dream, you know, because mm. over my life I've had some really powerful dreams too. One of them is the, uh, the appearance in our night sky of uh, fireballs. You know, that's occurred time and time again mm. ever since I was a little kid. So I can't, I can't. Uh, you know, the scientific, the analytical left-brain aspect of me wants to put him aside, but I can't put him aside because I've had similar dreams. Hmm. All right. So All right. it's worth looking at. As Let me my wrap. feeling right now, and this is really gut-level intuitive feeling, is that what's happening with this comet and its relationship to Earth is cosmic and hmm. awesome. All right. And... Uh, uh, let me ask you another and question. Wonderful. Let me ask you another question then, uh, and we'll sort of finish up this way. How long is this thing in our neck of the woods? I mean, how long are we going to be in the vicinity? How I'll long? Be might... on here, you know, my website covers almost everything, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be on this comet wise well into the first week of June. And, and the reason being is that, like I say, if you look right above Eric Julian, you see that his fragment that he's concerned about, 73 Schwarzman Watchman 3S, and it intersects 
slightly ahead of the Earth, smack dab on mm. the Earth's trajectory. Yeah, and there's a... Um... Now, the other particles don't do that. This mm. does. No, it doesn't hit Earth, according to the... Uh, it according to the animation there. It doesn't hit Earth like a billiard ball, but yeah. what it does, according to the simulation, the orbital simulation that we get from NASA, is that it tracks in ahead of the Earth, intersecting the Earth's path. And then we sort of pass through it. And then uh, a few days later, on into June, June 6th, we pass through that area. Now, if that's a large enough fragment that it has a debris tail, or if it's fractured up even more, you know, uh, uh, we don't know what is being left there or what is be- has reached, I'm uh, forgetting what it's called, but there's a certain point where these fragments approach Earth's magnetic field, and then they Man, I love these simulations. And they're found to be captured by Earth's magnetic field. Amazing, Ken. I love these simulations, Kent. I'm I I I'm, I'm at the simulation now. At, you know, the, you know the JPL simulation. Yeah, you can click that frame with it. And you can that watch. simulation, and you can go there and, and mess around with it. Yeah, you, you can zoom, you can <laughs> and zoom. See for yourself where everything is going. Oh yeah, you see all all the planets rotating. You see the comet moving in, and man, it gets close. You can zoom it. You, you can rotate much. it, and you can track it through time. Amazing. But what's going to happen is Earth, right there where where the fragment intersects the Earth's uh, orbital plane, and in fact the trajectory trajectory of the Earth. It looks to me I've Zoom this, I tilted it up and down and sideways. Some of the other, other particles go above, come in above the Earth's uh, path and, and then depart below. But it looks to me like 3S is, is getting right in the way. <laughs> and, uh, and so that puts us in through the first week of June to watch and see if anything goes on. Amazing. Well, we're going to have to come back and we'll do another one of these shows in, in the next week or two. And what should we look for? Well, then we have to start looking at our quake mm. monitors. We have to start looking at... Uh, we have to watch the sun. We have to watch the sun. We have to watch the sky through the fish cams. And and any reports of sky booms. We're already getting reports out of Puerto Rico, as far from Puerto Rico to Tennessee, of sky booms, sky booms. that, that uh, People are saying there's a... There's a, a, a shockwave coming from the sky, and it actually registers as an earthquake on the surface of the Earth. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, in Tennessee, a lady wrote me and said, hey, what happened, man? For a minute and a half, the Earth moved below us the other night. Amazing. And this is a... I've, if you look at my page, you'll see a lot of people have written comments, and they're really important to look at. You go edit search comments, and you'll see what people have been writing in and saying. And I, I really respect reports from regular people and uh, also reports from pretty sophisticated researchers. Yeah, and you get stuff from everybody, and it's great. To, you're right, the comments page is always interesting. You get all these different perspectives from lots of different people, and you've got all kinds of contacts all over the place after all these years. So, but, uh, so I'll be watching well into June, uh, wow. the comment, and also in the first week of June we got a... a they're going to detonate something in the, right outside of Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, maybe they will, maybe they won't. So, and I, so I'm going to be watching that, and then all the other news that comes by. Too. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll have to. We'll we'll, uh, we'll keep everybody informed over the websites, but we'll do another show here, uh, certainly before the uh, the leaving of uh, this amazing astronomical visitor that we've got, this comet. 
And you know, Kent, I'm I'm looking at my own site and uh, Larry, who had, who had started the, uh, or, you know, of course, he puts the, together the website for me. He titled the uh, the show tonight. It says, "What lies in the debris field of Comet 73P?" And I I'm glad he did it that way because I didn't want it to be doom and gloom because it's a question we don't know. There are these different scenarios. It's a sweep of the tails. Yes, come off of the these fragments. That is what we should be looking at. Right, so uh, not necessarily doomsday. There's no reason to believe that we're going to get whacked by a big rock, but uh, there is a, certainly a question of what might be passing through our our, our neighborhood in the next uh, next month or so. So we'll try to keep our eye on it, and we will uh, keep up on it. Uh, up on it, Kent. Kent will certainly, and um, the way to keep up on him is cyberspaceorbit.com. And uh, if you want to hear uh, me talk, you can go to mikehagan.com, and there's always plenty of that there. So, Bardo. I guess uh, we'll call it quits right now. I want to leave these guys with a little bit more. We've uh, covered everything really well, and I appreciate all the work you've done. And uh, we'll come back. We'll do it again in a week or two and try to give some updates, all right? Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, stick around on the phone for a second. Um, I'll play another piece of music here, and we'll finish things with my new favorite band. These are from, uh, this is a band called Ism. They're from New York, and they're rock and rollers, and I love it. So anyway, this is Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit. My wonderful guest has been uh, the bard himself, Kent Stedman, coming to us live from the cave in Seattle. And uh, we'll have Kent back on the air, as we always do. And I thank everybody who's been listening over the web at CosmicWavesRadio.com. We'll keep playing some music here for a little while. And uh, also uh, to the radio station for making this all possible. Kent, one more time. Thanks again, man. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, take care. All right, buddy. Hold on. Okay, everybody. uh, Let's see. One more time here. Uh, on the web, cyberspaceorbit.com. That's where you can find Kent and my own self at uh, www.mikehagan.com. And always, uh, for live streaming, kick-ass radio, www.cosmicwavesradio.com. Thanks, everybody. This is Mike, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Can't explain ism. <laughs>